0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the
1: For the Culture
0: Podcast.
1: This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Welcome back, Jason. I mean, we're back. Training camp starts today, so the players are in the building. Camp is underway. Fun time of year, obviously, with preseason coming up. Season right around the corner, about five weeks, I would say, five weeks away. 50 days, I think 50-something days away, so it's right there. It's on the doorstep. We took about a month, month and a half off since the Eberflus interview to take some time. We don't want to burn out by doing podcasts every day, multiple times a week and not too much is going on in july so we're ready now to hit the ground running going right through august into september season starts and we're going to have another fun successful year on the for the culture podcast and hopefully the Colts mirror that on the field and before we get into the Braden smith contract which is another exciting addition now as we see some of these 2018 picks get signed which is ballard's that's his class that's the ultimate building block of this roster funny story yesterday i was at a mall Paramus, New Jersey, right by my house. And when I'm waiting online for food, I see this guy or this guy sees me and he comes up to me and I'm wearing a for the culture podcast shirt. And he says, you listen to those guys too. I love Luke and Jason. I listen to their podcast all the time. And I was like, what is this guy talking about? I look down, I see the shirt, it goes off my head. I was like, Oh my God, a listener. I'm meeting an actual listener in real life and it was a surreal experience so I want to give a shout out to Han from Jersey a Jersey Colt fan and I know a lot of them on Twitter on Facebook in our comment section hey Luke I'm from Jersey too I'm a Colts fan I grew up rooting for Peyton Manning Marvin Harrison so to meet one in real life which is the second time I did it but the other time was kind of like planned like somebody wanted to meet me somewhere but this was an organic out in public and I think Jason, we are officially Z-List celebrities. I had no face recognition. He didn't know who I was by my face. But he knew the show, obviously, a good, loyal listener. So that was a pretty cool experience yesterday to meet Shahan in person. And he's excited for this season, as we all are now, as training camp starts today. This Braden Smith contract inked, as we have Braden Smith now signed for the next four years. So exciting stuff.
0: Absolutely. It's great to be back, Luke. And, and that story's pretty cool, man. It reminds me of... Uh... Christmas when I saw that that video of a guy getting a For the Culture uh, hoodie, pretty humbling to see something like that, and I'm sure very humbling for you to meet a to meet a fan of the show out there. And and yeah, Z List Celebrity is right because I don't think anybody knows us by by our faces; they know us by our voices. And uh, especially for me, that's probably a good thing. But yeah, man, it's exciting! <laughs> it's exciting to be back talking Colts football. Uh, a lot of stuff's going on this offseason, both good and bad, but we're back. We're excited about this season. Uh, a lot of really good football players on this squad. A lot of really interesting uh, storylines, and uh, I'm really pumped up, man, and to get Braden back for four years, I, it's it's exciting. I mean, he's he has outlived and outproduced every level that I had when we drafted him. I mean, hell, I didn't even think he'd play tackle. You draft him as a guard, you move him to tackle, he's outstanding, doesn't allow a sack, all of 2020. Um, so to get him done, and now, you know, obviously we're going to work on Darius, but this also allows the front office the the extra leeway that if they can't get something done for whatever reason by next year, they can franchise Darius until they get that deal done. But I'm looking at, you know, Darius getting an extension Naheem Hines getting an extension. I think those are the two main guys. And then after those two, I think they'll focus on Quentin. You know, I I think they're going to follow that order. But to get Braden, lock that down, have have our right tackle along with, you know, we signed Ryan Kelly. Obviously, we're going to probably be able to keep Glowinski if we want to. Um, And then you got Quentin, Eric Fisher coming in. It remains to be seen how, you know, what will happen with that. But I really like our O-line depth this year. It's good to have depth. But as far as, you know, starters go, uh, there's not a lot of right tackles in the league that I would take over Braden Smith. So I'm extremely happy for him. Definitely a situation where he absolutely outperformed his expectations and, and shows again. Look, Chris Ballard's going to pay our, our guys, the guys that we that we draft that perform well. He's going to pay him. So that it's it's a good sign for the locker room to see that. And uh, I'm, extremely, I'm extremely excited for, for, for Braden and uh, really happy for for Colt fans, for for everybody. It's a good thing to get it done. And, uh, you know, he's a pillar of our offensive line. So great day, excited for him. And I think it just goes to show how much Chris Bauer values our offensive line, our talent, as opposed to the last guy that we had before him. I'm not going to say the Grease Balls name, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Chris Ballard's done an outstanding job being able to, you know, the draft talent. Now we're going to try to keep some of these guys around in the first domino to fall in that, in that, in that ilk is, is Braden Smith. So yeah, man, I'm pumped up.
1: Yeah. Cause like you said, we re-signed last year, Ryan Kelly. Now we re-signed Braden Smith. That Nelson extension is coming in the near future. Obviously he being our first round pick has that fifth year option. So we exercised it. This will be his fourth year, makes good money on the last year of his rookie deal before that fifth-year option. You have it exercised just in case, but next year, I think, over the summer, like Ryan Kelly, we exercised the fifth-year option. He never actually played on the fifth-year option. He got signed before the season started, right before the season started, like a week before. So I anticipate the same thing happening with Quinn Nelson, and then you'll have three out of the five spots solidified for the next four-plus years, which is obviously fantastic. So Braden Smith, a four-year, $72 million deal. Great guy, great player, 43 starts over the last three seasons. Did not miss a start two years ago, did not allow a sack last year. So Braden Smith is a good player. He's a good part of this team. He plays right tackle pretty much as well as you could play it. I thought he got snubbed last year of a Pro Bowl. He definitely could have made the Pro Bowl or maybe even an All-Pro. Unfortunately, not the case. But those three guys, solid, good young players. They're all Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber in my opinion. And to get another one back, and a real good guy too. Like we talk about all these guys in the locker room. We really don't have any bad pieces. But ever since Braden Smith has created his Twitter account, I will say he might be the most wholesome player. On this roster in terms of like his gardening and he just does so many little things in his personal life where you're like it's hard to imagine that that guy pushes around 300 pound men for a living but he does and he's got a green thumb he gardens he enjoys the simpler things in life really nice solid part of this team and that 2018 draft class obviously the accolades and the high praise and everything is about Darius Leonard and Quinn Nelson because you have two future Hall of Famers. In my opinion, those two guys, perennial All-Pros at this point, and they're only three years into their careers. But it doesn't just stop at those two guys. Braden Smith and Naheem Hines, and that list goes on and on. And Braden Smith is right there, I would say, the third most important guy in that class after the two big dogs that might be in the Hall of Fame one day. Braden Smith right up there with those players as well. Really, really, I would say, because Ballard had a lot of these guys that were really underrated players, but then... Once it became obvious and we all had that glass-shattering moment, I think we all saw how good he was. So he was at one point underrated. I don't think you could say that anymore. Kind of like Kenny Moore. At one point in time, he was a really underrated player. Now everybody knows, in at least in Indianapolis, how good he is. I think Braden's like that. I think Grover's like that. Now the next wave of underrated players are guys like Kari Willis, who some people know how good he is, but I don't think everybody has quite grasped just how good he is. So Braden Smith, huge part of this team. Glad to have him back. Four years, $72 million, worth every penny. And Jason, listen to this quote. I haven't heard any pressers or read too much on it, but I heard one quote from Braden on the $72 million deal. Quote, they paid me, so now I'm going to pay them back and play the best football of my career, end quote. So that's a guy who didn't just Arthur Jones get his money and is going to sit on it for the rest of his career, he now knows, okay, they paid me and now I have to live up and exceed those expectations of this four year deal.
0: Yeah, it's a great point and a great quote, Luke. I think it speaks to the young players on this team. I mean, you look at Kenny Moore, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, the guys that we've extended, uh, Glowinski, they've all, you know, really done their jobs. It's uh, because it's funny. I, 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 despise the last general manager but i bring him up just to show the the polar opposite type of players that we had i mean that that guy brought in guys that just outside of maybe eric walden and maybe another guy they got their money and did absolutely nothing i mean not a damn thing and with chris ballard he's getting these guys young you know we're coaching them up they're they're they they set expectations they exceed them they get paid and then they just keep playing they keep doing exactly what they were doing before that got them paid and, and they just keep doing it it's and I really I, I think it speaks to the culture as everyone talks about in the locker room but also the character of the guys that are that are that are getting these deals and that that he's drafting I think a lot of people forget how important character is as far as you know, being self-motivated. I mean, it's very easy to get paid and then just be like, okay, and then just suck, not mm-hmm. not work. And by that, I mean, not work as hard, not spend as much time preparing, thinking you've made it. We've seen that here, you know, the, with the previous regime. That's not happening with these guys. It all has to do with the type of caliber of people that Chris Ballard's drafted, and it, I think he deserves a lot of credit, But I think each individual guy, like, you know, I mentioned Kenny Moore, Ryan Kelly, and now I think Braid Smith, I think they're outstanding character guys and and they want to, you know, repay the organization for having so much trust in them and valuing them so much to give them these huge deals. So I I don't have any doubt in my mind that Braid Smith is going to play well and earn that contract. Yeah, and then it's not just the guys that we
1: bring back on these contracts. It's also knowing who to let go because Ballard hasn't been perfect in the draft. He's missed on guys. He's missed on guys who he thought would come in maybe with better work ethic. And you look at the guys he's let go, he hasn't really made a mistake where he let a Braden Smith walk and turn into a superstar for another team. So when you look at the guys that he drafted, missed on, and let go, like Quincy Wilson and guys like that, They all pretty much, he was right on his second instinct. Okay, he drafted a young guy, a 21-year-old out of Florida. He was wrong. He decided to bite the bullet and, you know, let him walk. And it hasn't come back to bite him in the butt. So that goes both ways. And then also, when you bring up the Greaseball example of Ryan You-Know-Who from a couple years back in the Dark Ages, when you look at the way he constructed his roster and he paid guys that did it somewhere else and brought him in, First off, you don't know their personality the way you know a 22-year-old that you drafted three years ago and is now 25, and you watched him work. You watched him transition from guard to tackle in Braden Smith, and you know he has earned every penny. You know what he's going to do after he gets his money. And they always said that, I think, about Jadavian Clowney. If he's not working hard before he gets his money, what is he going to do when you pay him? Then you know he's not going to do it because he wasn't even hungry to get the money. Now he has the money. What's there to work for? He's got everything, So when you go out and you bring in Arthur Jones and you bring in these guys, why didn't the Ravens pay Arthur Jones? Why didn't this team pay that guy? Why didn't that team pay this guy? So then you start to get into the weeds. There's a reason why these guys were unpaid. And when Ballard goes out, and of course there's always exceptions to the rule, why didn't the 49ers pay DeForest Buckner? Because obviously he's a guy who was worth the money. And if you ask 49er fans or guys in that organization, I'm sure there's a lot of people that – Would have rather have traded away one of the ends and kept Buckner and paid Buckner and then, you know, went a different route. But for the most part, when guys hit free and they still got a lot back in return for Buckner because we gave them a first pick. They got Kinlaw and they saw another avenue there to replace him. It's a lot different than just letting him walk in free agency. So when you see a guy walk in free agency, there's a reason that other team didn't pay him. And they're the ones that watched him work every day. They're the ones that saw him in the film room, saw him in the practice room, saw him in the weight room. And they really know him better than anybody. So that's always a telltale sign for me. Wow, you got this 24-year-old, 25-year-old guy who's been there for three years, four years, has produced on the field, and you're hesitant to pay him? I wonder why. And obviously not the case here with Braden Smith, but it's a good example, not just for the guys that Ballard takes care of in-house, but it goes to show around the league, if a guy's available, there's probably a reason he's available, and Ryan Grigson, because there was holes all over this roster figured let me bring these guys in and patch up these holes and Ballard a doesn't have as many holes and B you know has never really reached out and just tried to patch stuff up with long-term contracts a couple years here there two years for Ebron a year for this guy a year for that guy but hasn't gone out and really missed on that splash because the only splash he really made was DeForest Buckner which is obviously another home run
0: absolutely and just to go back to what you were saying Right, I mean Greaseball, Ball, I, I never understood his his philosophy. I don't think he had one he didn't. um after after seeing how bad he was, but he really loved his favorite thing was to pay guys over thirty years old. Insane. I mean, that Goster Cherylis contract, oh. um the you know, Trent Cole, I mean, just insane. I mean, these guys, some Andre of Andre Johnson. I mean, that, yeah, Andre I mean, Johnson Andre was, Johnson... like,
1: 36 years old, I think. He gave him three years, $21 million, I want to say,
0: and told yeah. Reggie Wayne to hit the road. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I mean, he, it, it's just such a I, – I, it's funny because I, I go back to when we were talking about the difference between Ballard and, and, you know, who early on, you know, 2018 and how he, you know, basically – build a house. You know, with he 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 got the pillars, he got the foundation, he's built the house the correct way. Ryan Grigson basically bought a Lamborghini with with Andrew Luck and then put a roof on on a trailer basically. And, and just drove that thing into the ground. And it, it's just such an exercise in philosophy to look at the two ways those two rosters were assimilated and built. And the one way is very clearly wrong. You don't build a roster signing over-the-hill veteran free agent guys. You do it like Chris, ba- Chris Ballard's even done this well. I mean, you could go back to, uh, I think it was 2018, Mike Mitchell from the Steelers came in, got hurt, but when he was out there, he played great. Um, Phillip Rivers, the, the sign of vet free agent, led him to the playoffs. I mean, even the, the veteran guys he's brought in, He's hit on. Yep. So, if you
1: switch the quarterback situations and you gave Ballard a 21-year-old, 22-year-old Andrew Luck, and you gave yep. Grigson a Luck retirement and Jacoby and, you know, even though oh. Rivers was a good signing and hopefully Wentz works out, if you gave him just the predicament of the quarterback position, right? because the only yeah, reason Gregson has three, like there's nobody That goes 11-5, 11-5, 11-5, 8-8, 8-8, and and gets blackballed from being a general manager. There's a reason why. So to any fair-weather people out there that can't figure it out, or Dan Dockage, or any idiots like that, the reason is because of the quarterback. But this is Braden's day. This is Braden's day. We shouldn't really be talking about greaseball
0: as much as we are, but... No, but I, I think it's a it's a good way to kind of put it in perspective how lucky we are now that. Yeah. Well, it's know, so
1: funny to me because the comparison, Jason, is so good, and. Ursay hired both guys. Like, it's so funny that we go from one to the other. We're not going back to the 80s or the early 90s when the Colts were bad and taking that general manager and comparing it to Chris Ballard. We're literally going from one GM to the next. And the one before that was pretty damn good, too, because he's in the Hall of Fame with a gold jacket and Polian. So you go from Polian, then the little Chris Polian blip, but you go from Polian to Grigson to ballard and it just looks like one of those crazy like up and down just like a stock market crash and then it
0: shoots back up yeah yeah no it, it's it, it's i just like to i like people to remember where we we've come from okay we came from i mean i mean honestly just a cave of darkness i mean no good young players bomb after bomb He bombed draft after draft um, didn't, you know, so there were no good players to keep, really. He bombed free agency on a regular basis, spent insane amount of money on over-the-hill players. I mean, really just the worst philosophy and, and got basically, he got bas- He basically got executive of the year because he drafted Andrew Luck. And, I mean, good God was that a facade for how bad he was. I mean, as far as just overall talent evaluation uh, who to go after as far as players. And then you get into stuff that no one ever talks about, the character of those guys. I mean, we had so many arrested. dude. You know, DeQual beat up a pizza boy. I mean, and I'm just saying all this to say, look, we've got great character guys now. We got Braden, who seems like a wonderful guy. Um, he works his butt off. He's a hard worker, great player. And he gets his deal. And it's just, I feel really great for guys like this that really come in, do their job, earn their spot, earn their stripes, get paid, and continue to work their butts off. And I love seeing Boward pay those guys. It's It's so refreshing. And I just think sometimes people forget how bad we had it before, and they take what we have right now as far as the guy running the ship for granted. And I don't want that to ever happen. Totally great, and now
1: as we're getting into training camp, like we said in the beginning, heading right towards the preseason, we'll actually have three preseason games this year after getting the preseason canceled last year due to COVID, so we're going to have some games before the season. We're going to see Jacob Eason. We're going to see Sam Ellinger, so we're going to actually see the backup quarterbacks play, which will be fun, especially Eason, because it's been, what, 16 months? It's been a long time since we drafted him, and we've heard a lot, and there's a lot of speculation, but we still haven't seen this man – play the first eyeballs to ever see him would probably be the media and a couple fans today at training camp so we'll get to see him actually put on the uniform and play an nfl game at least a preseason one in a couple couple weeks right when the preseason kicks off so that'll be fun so i'm pumped up I actually am looking forward to preseason for multiple reasons. One, because of the quarterback situation with the backups, which I'm excited to watch, but also because we didn't have it last year. And I've never been a fan of preseason football, but then not having it made me realize, you know what? It's not that bad because you get to see some of the guys that are scrapping to make the roster. And I've always liked that aspect for those guys. Like I always liked that it was an audition for them and a tryout to make the roster. So I've never been one to say cancel preseason because I think that guys' livelihoods, like I think back to Victor Cruz, he had a couple huge games for the Giants, made the roster, I thought, based on preseason performance. He went off against the Jets in the Snoopy Bowl, which is the MetLife Bowl that they play every year. And I thought that he really – Earn that roster spot through the preseason. And I'm sure we've seen it before. Colt examples as well. Every team probably has a couple guys that have made the roster and become impact players based off preseason performances. Even if we don't see it in the moment, or you know, average fans don't see it in the moment, the coaching staff, the general manager, the front office, I think they obviously pay a lot closer attention than we do. And guys eventually get paid based off these games. So I've always appreciated it from that standpoint. But as a fan, I never got up for a preseason game, and you still don't care about win loss and the score, or any of that. But as far as watching these guys, I am more excited this year, I would say, to watch the preseason than years past because we didn't have it last year. So sometimes you don't really know you like something or want something until it's gone. It was gone last year, and it's got my expectation up a little bit this year or my excitement level to watch this year.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. I'm so pumped. And I've been like you. I'm not, I, I don't, I, and, you know, I don't think this will change. Neither of us really care about the outcome of the games. But we just want to see those young guys. I mean, I'll give you a quick list of the guys I want to see. I mean, you mentioned the two quarterbacks. I think that's going to be fun to watch. I'm really, really intrigued by Mike Strawn. And Desmond Patman, I want to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Quiddy, obviously get some snaps with him. And a guy that I love and I really think is going to push to start. Maybe not start at the beginning of the year, but I really think he's got a shot to be our future number two corner, maybe even, you know, a one, who knows? I mean, he's just so athletic and that guy's Marvell Tell. He didn't Mm -hmm. play last year. He's back this year. I I think he's got a chance to be a really special player. So I'm really excited about him. So there's a lot of things to watch this preseason. Who's going to take over the Sam spot for, for uh, Bobby Okariki? Obviously he's moving to Mike. So Zaire and EJ speed are going to battle that out. So there's some interesting camp battles and, you know, will we keep an undrafted free agent this year? We, we've we done that for, Jesus, as long as I can remember, we've kept the guy. This is the first year I would probably bet against it. I mean, really, the only guy that's got a shot, in my opinion, is Deion Jackson. And that's probably predicated on them trading Jordan Wilkins. So there's a lot of great storylines. Obviously, Carson Wentz is the big one, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of him. Uh, I'm more focused on the back end guys. It's just exciting man it's great to have football back it's great to have the fans back being able to go to training camp it's you know it's it's just it's exciting to have football to talk about we've got the Hall of Fame coming up with Peyton and edge going in so many great things going on for the Colts right now uh, it's fun time to be a Colt fan and yeah man just getting to see you know preseason football and see these young guys go out there and play is exciting and definitely renewed my interest in preseason football. Not that I was ever a huge preseason guy, but I do like to watch young players go out there and compete. And I think there's a lot of guys, you know, that have earned NFL jobs out there during Mm -hmm. preseason. So that's the exciting part for all these young players. So as far as I'm concerned, it's great to be back with you, Luke. It's great to have football back. It's great to have the fans back at training camp. And it's great to have preseason back. Absolutely, Jason.
1: I'm pumped to be back on. Last thing I'll say about preseason, which I never really felt like this before because it's a little bit different. Your top prospects, like Quiddy Pay, is going to play right away, so it's a little bit different. But again, like baseball, you could watch your A team, your A team, your single-A team. You could watch prospects that way, and guys who might be like the 30th guy in your organization but then really climbs their way through the ranks, you could watch them come up through the minors. In the NFL, you don't really have that. There's no g-league or d-league affiliate or double a affiliate of the colts so the only time really to watch a guy scrapping to make a roster and work his way up through the organization and be like a practice squad guy and to watch him in games would be in the preseason so it's almost like the only chance you get at watching your quote-unquote triple a players not your big prospects, but like smaller guys that are trying to make the team because in other sports you have affiliates. Like I think hockey has affiliates. Basketball has the G League, which is kind of like an affiliate, even though they don't really use it that often because the same thing, the big guys pretty much come up and play right away. But you do have guys who trickle up through that. And then obviously baseball, which is huge into the minor leagues, and that's more important to them than draft picks. You see prospects getting traded all the time, not draft picks. So definitely pumped up, Jason. Happy to be back with you. It was a good offseason. We still did a lot of stuff earlier in the offseason, successful draft. Once again, the Eberflus interview a couple weeks ago, which I thought was fantastic. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I thought Eberflus did a great job on that. So very excited to be back. Excited football is right around the corner. We'll be back with some training camp stuff this week as we get closer and closer to week one of the preseason. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this
0: is the For the Culture Podcast.